Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. To access the Bible now, of course, the Harvest Bible app, mobile app, you can do that. Say the battle for a breakthrough. I want to teach you tonight in a very strategic way. Lift your Bibles. Let's make our confession of faith. Because I'm unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet in Jesus' name. Remain standing with me for just a moment. I want you to go uh, to this scripture, 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel 5. Say the battle for a breakthrough. Every battle, every problem, it is already won. That's the series that we're in. And I want to read these couple of verses or three verses in particular. And when we read these verses, we're not going to refer to them much more. There's one word I want to extract out of these verses. Second Samuel 5 19. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Now notice David was saying, should I fight this fight? Which teaches us a principle. Every fight isn't a fight worth fighting. Some folk ain't worth chasing. If some folk ain't worth trying to convince, in some situations, it ain't worth fighting for. Touch your neighbor and say, every fight isn't a good one. So David inquired of the Lord, said, shall I go up against the Philistines? Philistines in the Hebrew language of our Old Testament means the dividers. Uh, will you deliver them into my hand? Now God says, should I fight? And then if I should fight, I need to know that I'm going to win. Which teaches the principle. God doesn't mind you asking questions that sometimes you think might be selfish. Because think about it. God, am I going to win? You might think, well, God, you know, it's just, you know, you ever heard somebody say life ain't all about winning? Well, apparently to God, apparently David was concerned about winning. And God didn't say to him, listen, son, it's not all about winning. Touch the neighbor and say, I'm ready for some wins. Verse 20. So David went to Baal uh, Perizim and David, or excuse me, I skipped part of our 19. And the Lord said to David, go up for I will doubtless. I want you to prophesy to yourself. That means to foretell and foretell. Say doubtless wins. 
Uh -huh, that starts for you tonight. For, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. Lay your hands on yourself. Say doubtless wins. Start right now. Verse 20. So David went to Baal Perazim and David defeated them there. And he said, here's the verse I want to get to. This is this one part of it I want to get to. The Lord has broken through my enemies. Watch this. Before me. He didn't get rid of my enemies. What's an enemy? Anything that opposes my forward progress. He just said, I'm going to break through them and I'm going to do that in front of you. Which means you need to be close enough to your battle, close enough to your trouble, so you can see God break it up right in front of your face. Somebody ought to holler, he's going to do it in front of my face. So David went to Baal Perazim and David defeated them there and he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me. Here's the part. Like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of the place Baal Perazim, and they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. Here it is, that part I want to focus in. The Lord has broken through my enemies <laughs> like a, like a, like a, like a. Here's the trip. David still had to battle. Say the battle for a breakthrough. Father, speak to us tonight with great clarity. Speak to us tonight with great power. Taylor, may customers this word for us, your people, that we would move and walk in what you have ordained in this year is that it would be our banner year, our best year yet, marked by significant accomplishment and achievement. Tonight, I declare that breakthroughs are going to begin manifesting in the lives of everybody under the sound of my voice. I speak it into the atmosphere. I speak it into their life. I speak it into their families. I speak it into their finances. Breakthroughs are going to begin manifesting starting right here and right now in Jesus' name. If you believe that, put a preemptive praise on it. Oh, come on. Don't just do it out of some church habit. If you believe it, put a preemptive praise on it. Shout the battle for a breakthrough. You can be seated. We are in our series, Already Won. Every battle, every problem, it's already won. We just have to walk out what Jesus already worked out on the cross. And in this series, church, we've been focusing on the everyday battles we face. And a battle is a fight or a struggle, not to achieve or resist something. And tonight's battle is the battle for a breakthrough. Say, I need one. Now, I asked you, I asked uh, through social media, Instagram and all that today uh, for folks to name their breakthroughs. And I've been, already begun to pray on that areas in life where they needed a breakthrough. And so this is going to be very strategic for you tonight uh, because I think all of us in here need a breakthrough in some area of life. Maybe your relationship's great, but your finances are funny. Maybe your finances are great, but your relationships stink. Y'all not saying nothing. Maybe your kids are doing great, but you got issues with the car. Maybe the car's doing fine, but you got issues with the cat. Maybe the cat's doing fine, but you got issues with the dog. Maybe the dog's doing fine, but you got issues with the frog. Maybe the frog's got issues, but you got issues with the hog. All I know is everybody in here needs a breakthrough somewhere. Now, watch this. Let's first define breakthrough. And quite frankly, I probably could stop preaching right after this because a breakthrough, most of us, when we think of breakthrough, we instantly think of the win. That's what we think of. Okay? We instantly think of the championship game and the win. It's quiet, church. But here's what breakthrough means. A sudden, dramatic, and important discovery or development. Watch this. It means a sudden, dramatic, 
an important discovery or development. You missed it. Just like we learned last Wednesday about healing, I could stop preaching right here because most of us don't understand what a breakthrough actually is. See, remember, we learned healing is actually to correct or make right. Well, a breakthrough, watch this, it just simply means, watch this, an important discovery or development. We often see breakthrough as a destination when it's really discovery and development. The big it may not have happened in your life, but discoveries are happening because you're learning that promises are never possessed without process and developments have occurred that are moving you closer to it. And tonight is a night of breakthrough for us and for one reason. Say, what's that, Bishop? We decided it. Somebody say, I decided. Now, I need to get this. Now, I need, I need, I need to get this. It, it, it is a sudden, dramatic, and important discovery or development. What have you discovered that changes how you view something? What developments have happened that have moved you closer to something? Did you catch that? A breakthrough is the important discovery or development. It's not the it itself. You keep accusing God of not giving you breakthrough. And God says, well, you don't even know what you've been asking me for. You asked me for breakthrough. I gave you something to discover. And I gave you some developments that moved you closer. See, touch your name and say, I've been moving closer. Here it is. I may not be where I want to be. I can see where I want to be. I can taste where I want to be. I can smell where I want to be. But I got to thank God I'm not where I used to be. I've been making developments. Now, baby, it's been one step at a time, but I'm still making development. You don't even understand the step forward was a breakthrough. The decision not to give up was a breakthrough. The decision to be a church was a breakthrough. The decision to start being a faithful giver was a breakthrough. The decision to decide that you were no longer going to be a victim was a breakthrough. To decide you weren't going to stay at home and cry because somebody don't want you no more was a breakthrough. To decide you weren't going to be stuck in your generational curses anymore, that was a breakthrough. The step was the breakthrough. Not the it itself. Your decision to no longer be depressed was a breakthrough. Your decision to no longer let the opinions of people that don't pay for nothing ruin your day was a breakthrough. Your decision that you weren't going to repeat the dysfunction of your bloodline was a breakthrough. So breakthrough is the discovery or the development. Now, tonight, say tonight. Come on, talk to me. What does that say tonight? Tonight is a night of breakthrough for us, and it's for one reason, and that's because we decided that. So that brings me to point number one. Decisions are the beginning of breakthrough. Decisions are the beginning of breakthrough. Now, now watch this. Say, I just decided. Uh, a few years ago, when, when, when I was uh, what I call Big Bishop, and then now I got Slim Fit Version Bishop, um, that's just the way I like to refer to those versions of myself. You can have your own opinion and views, and that's fine. It's America. I could care less. That's what I call the old me. That's what I call the new me. Now, I decided after I watched the documentary about much of the food I ate, I decided that at that moment, I was no longer going to do that. At that moment, I decided to cut certain foods, to change my eating habits, I decided. And when I decided, that one decision was my first step towards breakthrough. 
So then people say, Bishop, well, how did you lose 95 pounds? How did you do all of that? Oh, wow. Here's the funniest thing. I go places now and they'll say, are you, a, are, are you like a trainer? And be like, man, if you only knew. <laughs> I train, but not that type of training. Why? Say, I decided. Job 22, 27. Decisions are the beginning of breakthrough. Job twenty two twenty seven. You will make your prayer to him. He will hear you, and then you will pay your vows. Now, let me just deal with that for a moment. It says you'll pray, he'll hear you, but there's something to pay. Here's what we like, the prayer part. Here's where we're going to improve on tonight, the payment part. Now, I'm not just talking about financial giving. In the context of the scripture, he was. But there was something more significant. It was this. He said, you are now making a prayer. Your prayer is a request. Your prayer requires a payment. That payment is change. That payment is a decision. Got it? So here's what you'll pray for. Lord, just give me some godly friends. You're mean. You're, you, watch this. You're a turncoat. You're one way in front of certain people. You're another way in certain other people. So you wonder why nobody wants to tell you their business. Because they learn everybody going to know their they business if they tell you their business. Follow the principle I'm trying to communicate. Prayer requires payment. Okay? So here's what you might say. Lord, just uh, make, uh, I want my children to serve the Lord. You, if you're unfaithful and you're inconsistent, you made a prayer that requires a payment of demonstration. How do you expect your children to do and to want what it is you don't do and want? Y'all not talking to me tonight. You may pray, Lord, heal me, but perhaps uh, that healing is going to come through you dropping some sugar out your diet. See, it's quiet in wisdom. Say prayer requires payment. So whatever breakthrough prayer you've asked for, God says, I heard you. I'm waiting on payment. What are you willing to pay to see what it is that you say? Well, he should just do it because he loves me. <laughs> Please, listen. <laughs> listen, listen, let's be honest. Everything we do, let's just be honest. Human behavior is driven by a sense of, of self-gratification. Everything we do, ultimately, it's because it does something for us. Let's be honest. You might be nice to somebody and say, I just want to be a blessing because it made you feel good. I, I just want to be faithful because it makes you feel accomplished. Ultimately, all human behavior is driven by something that it does for us. So check out the principle. You will make your prayer to him and he will hear you and you will pay your vows. God says you've prayed for it, but now there's a payment that's required for that. That payment say it's a decision. So watch verse 28, which it comes into great clarity. Can I just slow it down for a little bit tonight? Watch verse 28. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you so light will shine on your ways. Declare, and it makes it seem like it's something you say. But in fact, the word declare in the Hebrew language of our Old Testament, it means decide. So you will decide a thing and it will be established for you so light will shine on your ways. Have you ever said to yourself, if this would change, I would do this? That's why it hasn't changed. God says you didn't decide. 
you were waiting on a circumstance to change. And God says, well, I'm not going to give it to you while you're waiting on a circumstance to change. You're going to have to decide first. So I have to decide first. But let's just be honest. Here's how most of us operate. Let's just be honest. Most of us operate from this perspective. And I've done this. And quite frankly, there's areas where I do this, but tonight. They said, why do they holler but tonight? Because we're creating a period on that version of ourselves. And tonight we're declaring there's an evolution happening on the inside of us. Here's what most of us do. God, if this will happen, then I'll decide. God, if you'll show me some favor first, then I'll do it. God, if you'll show me, uh, if you're going to show me how it's going to work out, then I'll do it. God, if you'll, if you'll watch this, it's kind of like, God, if you'll tell me the end from the beginning, then I'll take the first step at the beginning. And that's not how he works. God says, I don't work that way. So watch this. You will decide a thing. Somebody say, I'm deciding tonight. You have to decide I'm not going to be broke anymore. You have to decide. Maybe that's not your story. Matter of fact, your neighbor looks really blessed and rich anyhow. But watch this. You have to decide I'm not going to be sick anymore. You have to decide I'm not going to deal with this depression anymore. I'm not going to deal with this destruction. You have to make a decision. And when you decide, then you got to make payment. What's that? A step. I dare some radical people to just, that doesn't mind what their neighbor think, to just get up and take one step. I, I, I ain't ran the whole way, but I'm taking a step. I haven't gotten to the end, but I'm taking a step because, baby, I decided. Receded, watch this. He says, you will decide a thing, and it will be established for you. Watch this. So light will shine on your ways. Watch this. You want to know why life feels dark? Because God says you've not decided anything. You feel like you're in a black hole because you won't make any decisions. You feel lost because you won't make any decisions. Watch this. You've even been saying, God, where are you? And he says, I'm right here. You just won't decide. But you sit next to somebody. You sit next to somebody that's making some decisions starting tonight. So here's the principle. You will decide a thing and it will be established for you. He says, once you decide, now you're established. Now you got a footing. Got it? Think of making a decision like leaving your house fully dressed for the appropriate weather of the day. Okay? Wouldn't it look kind of foolish to be in, the, you know, zero degree weather with shorts, thong, flip-flop sandals, and a tank top? Now, this is Denver, so that probably is appropriate. But I'm just saying, in any other place in the country, like, wouldn't you be like, you're not dressed? So watch this. So now the weather is going to affect your actions because you're not established. Your decisions establish you. This is where I stand on this. You got that? And you know this old saying, if you won't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. So that's why, watch this, when you have one thing happen in your day that doesn't seem to go the right way, you've let it ruin your whole day because you haven't decided today's going to be a good day. You haven't decided I'm winning today. You haven't decided I'm evolving today. Watch the second part of the verse. So light will shine on your ways. You'll know what to do once you've decided. 
Okay, let me, just, let me just get to the meat of it. Let me get to the meat of it. When you decide right, you receive divine light on what's already been there but not been seen because decisions come before demonstrations. You want God to demonstrate something. God says, I want you to decide first. Let me say it another way. When you don't decide, you live in defeat and you can never defeat what you haven't decided to defeat. What you're facing isn't that hard. It's on the other side of a decision. That's what a breakthrough is. It's on the other side of a decision. I decided that 11 years ago, I would obey God and plant a church in what they call the church planter's graveyard. I decided. Now, once I made that decision, everything in me drove me forward in that decision. What do you need to decide tonight? Watch this. Let me say another this uh, another way. You get the principle? You can't have a clear know-how without a firm want to. You're saying, God just showed me what to do. And God says, well, you got like 14 things you're trying to do. Make a decision. Watch this. Even with some people in your life, you're like, well, let me see how they're going to act today. You haven't decided you won't tolerate inconsistency. You haven't decided you ain't going to tolerate people that don't communicate. You haven't decided that. So because you haven't decided that, now you but let me just see what they're going to do today. Let me see how they act. Let me see how their attitude is today. And now you're living at the whim of somebody else's emotionalism. Got it? You have to decide. You know what? I'm, oh, no, 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 no. Looks like you got a little extra attitude on you. I don't do that, so you can keep that over there. I decided. Ain't nobody bringing no drama in my atmosphere. <laughs> so here's the question. What decisions do you need to make right now? Let me tell you what church folk do. If you've been in church, here's what you were taught to say. I'm praying on it. Let me tell you what that's code for. I don't know what I want to do, and so I'm going to blame God for my lack of decision. I'm going to blame God. What, what are you praying about? Really, what are you praying about? What, what are you praying about? Really? I'm just praying on it. No, you just won't decide. Because decisions require, watch this, responsibility. And watch this. We work so hard to make a perfect decision that we won't make any decision. So you're thinking 80 years down the road. And, and think, about how, think, think, about, think about how foolish that actually is when you look at the context of your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Think about how foolish that is. You're like, well, I'm just thinking about my children. Baby, you ain't even dating nobody. And you think about your children's children's children. Now, I'm not saying that ain't wise. I'm just saying. Just, I mean, just come on. Y'all not saying nothing. I'm just thinking about, I'm just thinking about the house I want to get. Well, you ain't got quite got your own apartment yet. Decide. Can I say it this way? Now, I don't mean it in this context, but I'm going to use this analogy. Can, can we go with this? Y'all with me? I slowed it down right here, and then we're about to go into fourth gear. It's going to get real fast in a moment. Sometimes it's not, I don't mean it in this context, church. I'm just using this analogy. Sometimes it's not Mr. or Mrs. Right. It's Mr. or Mrs. Right now. I don't mean it in the, that context. So don't be going to be talking about, well, you know what? I can't stand you, but you for right now. Come on, let's go. I do not mean that. I do not mean that. What I'm saying is sometimes we make decisions that we think are forever decisions. So everything becomes a forever. Well, should I buy those shoes or not? I, oh, God. And you spend 45 minutes in the store because you won't make a decision. 
like that's the only pair of shoes you're ever going to own. Are you getting the principal, church? You'll sit at lunch. You spend half of your hour lunch figuring out what you're going to eat. Because you want, oh, do I want Chinese or, oh, God, do I want Mexican? No, I think I want barbecue. And you tell my Lord, I need a breakthrough. Well, you wouldn't spend so much gas if you didn't get in the car just driving around randomly because you don't know where you want to go. They ain't saying nothing to me tonight. It's, it's quiet. Okay, so I don't mean that in the context of relationships. No, that needs to be, if you're going, that needs to be a long time. But I mean the principle of it. And I thought about that for myself. There are decisions. I was like, why am I making this decision like this? this is the last decision that I'm ever going to make about this particular subject. It took a lot of pressure off because then it wasn't like I was trying to make a perfect decision. Y'all not talking to me. Well, if I decide that and that don't work, well, then I'll decide something else. Okay. You can't have a clear know-how without a firm want to. So decisions are the beginning of breakthrough. My question to you is what decisions do you need to make tonight? Anything frustrating you in your life is your fault because you haven't decided. So tonight, church, we're going to decide because we don't have time to be walking around angry and mad and frustrated. We just have to make a decision. Would you slap somebody a high five say, make a decision. Second point, second point, second point, second point. Breakthroughs, watch this, happen in battle. Here's what we think it looks like. God, I just woke up one morning, and I opened up my laptop, and I went to bank.com. <laughs> it was $10 million in there. Hey, hey, hey. Now, now that's, God can do that. He can do that. With God, all things are possible. Not all things are probable. And probability has more to do with our perceptivity. Now, this is what he's trying to say. The reality is breakthroughs don't happen absent a battle. Breakthroughs don't happen absent a battle. Notice, David, God said, I'm going to let you win, but you're still going to have to go out and battle. Here's what I'm trying to get us to understand, church. What we're battling is actually our opportunity for breakthrough. Do you get this? Say, God, give me a breakthrough. Lord, I want to break through. Lord, I want to break through. Lord, I want to break through. God says, great, fight the battle. But before you fight it, you need to make a decision that you're going to win. In the message, stay suited and booted for battle, we learn that, here we are, fourth gear, that if we don't stay suited and booted for battle, life can catch us off guard. And we can wonder, why is this happening? And in our bewilderment, we can miss our moment for breakthrough. Lay your hands on yourself. Say your name. Say, don't allow bewilderment to make you miss your moment for breakthrough. Uh, say, not me anymore. In fact, you need to know your breakthroughs are going to happen in your battles. Now, 
Ephesians 6.13. We looked at this in the message, suited and booted for battle. We got to stay suited and booted. Got to stay suited and booted. Now, I want to go back to that because I want you to see this. Ephesians 6.13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, which means you need all the pieces together. Here's what happens. You ever been running behind? And so you watch this. Watch this. The ladies will understand. And fellas, some of us too. The ladies will get this though. You running out the house. Oh God. Oh God, come on, let me. You got your purse, which is really this, a backpack. <laughs> oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I gotta leave. Now you knew you needed to leave the house at 745. But because you didn't decide to be on time, it's 752. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. Okay, okay, and now, and now, and now, and now you get in the car, you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus, I made it out. And you drive like a bat out of heaven. And, and you're supposed to be there at 8, you pull up at, you know, 759, and you're trying to look to see if your supervisor's car is there to know whether or not they're going to see you coming in. Is there anybody you can be a witness to? To only get out of your car and say I'm missing something you left the earring you was trying to you was, you was trying to stunt with your new shoes and you was going to change in the car and you only got one of them so now you got to wear your flats this is lady stuff. I know, fellas. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, that's why the scripture says, put on the full armor so you don't look like a fool. Because you're always in a rush to do everything so you do nothing well. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Here it is, that you might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Can I break down the verse? So first thing, I need all the pieces. I need all the pieces. We're getting ready to learn them. Then he says withstand. That word withstand is the word anthistemai. Say anthistemai. That's the Greek, Greek language of our New Testament. It's a military term meaning to strongly resist an opponent. Say strongly resist. You have to strongly resist your opponent. Here's what conventional Christianity says. Just, well, if they hit you, you just, uh. Here's what conventional Christianity says. Well, maybe you're discouraged because God didn't want you to do it, brother. Okay, here's the deal. God says, no, you need to put on the full armor so you can strongly resist an opponent. Come here. Now, come on, come on. Come on. Now, now, take a real strong stance. Well, no, let's reverse this. Because I don't want you getting no ideas. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Okay, now I'm, I'm starting. Now push me. Now push me. Now push harder. See, I decided. Come on, keep pushing. I decided. Hold up, hold up, cuz. No, keep going. No, keep going. Keep going. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You don't even know me. You don't even know me. I fought to get here. Come on, keep pushing me. I, I, I struggled to get here. I've been through hell and hell water, and you ain't going to stop me. I'm strongly resisting my opponent. That's your neighbor say, resist. You got to resist discouragement. You got to resist defeat. You got to resist the lies the enemy tells you. Somebody how to resist. 
And then he says, in the evil day. Evil in scripture doesn't mean a demon and a devil and a goblin with a pitchfork. In scripture, it means something contrary to you. And notice he says the evil what? But he doesn't tell you what day that is. You know why? Every day is. Jesus say man's, or the scripture says rather, man's days are short and full of trouble. Every day is a day coming contrary to you. See, and so here's what happens. You'll get up in the day and be like, God, why is it today going the way I want to? He says, well, I already told you. The day is coming against you. So you got to push back at the day. Well, I says, uh, say that's every day. So you got to deal with where you really are. Deal with the fact that, well, okay, maybe this didn't go the way I wanted. So how am I going to respond to this? I have to decide. Go ahead, throw it up. Job 14.1. Man, a man who was born of a woman is a few days and the days are full of trouble. Every day is contrary to you, but you have to decide. And then he says, and having done all to stand. Say all to stand. So here's what you say. God, I just did everything I could do to stand and it didn't work. Uh, come here one more time. Now, now let's do it again. Okay. Now I'm resisting you. Come on. I'm standing. I'm resisting. He's pushing. He's pushing. Hold, hold up. I might get knocked back, but wait a minute. Come here. Come, come, no, come on, come on, come on, come on. That's okay. <laughs> he's, he's like, uh, I can't do it. Hold, hold up, hold up. Hold, 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 hold up, this ain't working. Hold on, let me get another two. Hold on, let me get another two. Hold up. Hold on. No, you missed the scripture. You missed the scripture. Having done all, all you did was cry about it. You ain't done all. All you did was whine about it. You ain't done all. All you did was complain to God. You ain't done all. Touch your neighbor and say, do everything you can. If I got to punch, if I got to fight, if I got to kick, whatever it takes, I got to do all. You get creative when you get challenged. Did you catch a good job? <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't know I was going to do that. Whatever weapons I got at my disposal. <laughs> I got it. Watch this. Parents, you'll understand this. Maybe you didn't have your disciplinary action your disciplinary tool of choice. Some of y'all know about that. If you came up in the deep south, they didn't have belts. They went out on that tree and they grabbed what they called a switch and they said, don't you know out. They used everything. Here it is. And having done all, say done all. I want to ask you a question. In the things that you say you can't do, have you done all? In the things you say, God, it's so tough, have you done all to stand? Say, do everything it takes. Verse 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Here's the belt of truth. Belts prevent embarrassment. Got it? Keep your pants up. Here's the truth. You need a word to guide you through that you can stand on. Truth trumps facts all day. Truth is what God says about it. Facts are what the circumstances say about it. Truth is the Greek word pistis where we get faith. So then truth is what God says. Facts are what circumstances say. Truth may say you're, or excuse me, facts may say you're sick. Truth says with his stripes. Facts may say you're broke. Truth says because you're a giver, my God, sell supply. Oh, got it? Then you use that word to guide your action. 
You can, watch this. I, I wanna, can I give you this principle here? You use the word to guide your actions. I taught you several, several uh, weeks ago about prophetic words. Remember we started dealing with that. And I stirred some of that up uh, in our apprenticeship graduates on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday night. Very powerful. You use a prophetic word to guide your actions. What does that mean, prophetic word? Uh, you go get the message, <coughs> uh, dealing with prophecy, ask the bookstore about it, or get it on auto message. Prophetic words, foretell and foretell. So when I speak something over your life, I'm prophesied. I'm foretelling and foretelling. Foretelling and foretelling. I'm calling something forth. So that's prophecy. So you use it to guide your actions. Because remember, he says the blessed pray, or excuse me, the belt of truth, which is what God says about it, which means it's God's word. Got it? For example, Saturday night for me began a string of prophetic words for me. And so since then, my actions have been guided by that. So once I got the prophetic word, I said, okay, cool. I got to do three. Okay, I got to do that one. Okay, got to do this. Yeah, okay, cool. So then I didn't just sit back waiting on something to manifest. I let those prophetic words guide my actions. So I said, I'm going to do everything in my power to make this manifest. Say, that's the belt of truth. Then he says, the breastplate of righteousness. That's his righteousness that he gives us. What is righteousness? To be in right standing with God. That's a gift. So here's how we do that on the daily. I can because of what he did. It's not, I've been so perfect this week, God, it's breakthrough time. Oh, God, I only cussed four people out this week. I'm down from 17. God, I expect a breakthrough. Praise him. It's not, oh, God, I gave you that offering. Yes, Lord, all 42 cents was mine. God, all $420 was mine. God, all... 4,200 4, 4, is mine. God, all 42,000 was mine. God, all 420,000 was mine. God, all 4.2 million was mine. Here's the point. So, Lord, I expect a breakthrough. He says, no, put on his righteousness. And here's how you apply that in your day. You ever felt like you just can't do it? You felt like that? It's like, God, I just can't do this, God. I just can't do it, God. And then, then you do all that. And you shake your hands and all that. And fellas, we don't do that. Fellas, we just. Look. Here's the deal. Here's what you say in those moments. I can because of what he did. And somebody may say, Bishop, what did he do? It was 2,000 years ago that he paid the price for sin and so that I could have life and life more abundantly. I can because of what he did. Verse 15, I got to wrap it up. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The word peace in scripture is the word shalom. You know it. What does it mean? One more time. Now, here's what you need to understand about this. That means, he says, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. This is the boots. So the suits and the boots. Suited and booted, meaning you're dressed properly for the occasion. Watch the scripture. He says, prepare yourself with shalom. You see that verse? And having shod your feet with the preparation of the what? Gospel of peace. Here's what that means, how we approach our day. I expect nothing to be missing. Nothing to be lacking and all to be well. Everything I need in the day, I have. That doesn't mean the day is going to be perfect. 
that just means, come on one more time. Come on one more time. That just means that when some resistance come my way, everything I need, I got. And I just got to, hold up now, I told you to back. All right. You get it? I had uh, the peace of God. <laughs> and it was a piece of steel. Can I get a witness in the church? Nothing was missing. I just had to reach. See, here's what you think. God, if I'm shalom, why am I still getting resistance? God says, stretch your hand over there because nothing is missing. Nothing is lacking. All is well. Reach your hand out because what you need is within your reach. Verse 16, above all, which means the most important, take the shield of faith so you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. I'm going to talk to you in the message student in Buddha. Wicked one doesn't mean the devil. The Greek language of our New Testament, it means, watch this, to be lazy and tired of the pain of giving labor. You ever just had a day where you said, I'm just, ooh, I'm just tired of always having it. Watch this. Here's what you said. It's always, I take one step forward, I get knocked back. I'm going to leave it alone. Watch this. Here's what he says. The fiery darts that come your way are when you just get lazy. And we all do it and just say, I'm just whatever. Watch this. I'm over it. Well, watch this. I'm feeling some type of way. Whatever. And God says, that's a dart. Well, what's crazy about it, it's a dart. You kind of put the bow and arrow out here and shot it at yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And we all do it. We all have moments where we're just like, I was fired up after church, but if one more, I don't think you want no problems with me, big fella. I, I just, <laughs> if one more somebody, anybody had your one more moment already this week? Just be honest. So watch this. That's a dart you have to quench. What does quench mean? Absorb, resist, watch it. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. This is the full armor. Say the helmet of salvation. Why is salvation the helmet? The helmet covers your head. What does that mean? You got to remind yourself of who you are and whose you are so that you protect your mind. If you forget that your God is King of kings and Lord of lords, you'll start thinking it ain't worth it. If you forget what he's brought you through, you'll start thinking it ain't worth it. If you, y'all not saying nothing to me. That's why you got to remind yourself of who you are. Who am I, Bishop? Let me just go through the line. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. Revelation says that you are a king and a priest, which means you can be both successful and spiritual. Then got to remind yourself of who you are and whose you are. Here it is. I got to wrap it up. He says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, remember the belt of truth. Truth is what God says about it. Word. Here specifically, he says the word, which implies this, that we walk in what we listen to. Are you listening to, we make life-giving messages available in the bookstore, on our website, on our mobile app, have all these digital cameras. We don't do that just to be doing stuff. We do that so that now you can take the sword with you. And so now when an enemy's coming at you, you just, mm, mm. 
You could cut the head off of discouragement with a CD. You could cut the head of generational curses off with a message. Because in the moment you start feeling like, God, I don't know what to do, pop one of them messages in. In the moment you say, God, I just don't know if I can take no more, put one of those messages in. And if you don't get, can't get a CD, get auto message. Can't get auto message, go to YouTube. Can't go to YouTube, Apple TV. Can't go to Apple TV, Roku. Can't go to Roku, Facebook. We make it available so you have a sword. So here's what happens during your day. You walk through your day like, God, I just don't have any weapons. I don't have any tools. I'm just by myself. And God says... There's a whole arsenal of swords available for you. But instead, watch this. You sitting up listening to something that's not a sword. I just need, I just want to listen to some music. That's good, but that's not a sword. And have you ever noticed when you get discouraged, you like to listen to the music you used to listen to? In the old version of you? I ain't beating nobody up or judging nobody. Have you just noticed that, you know, when you're going through it, if you listen to this as a screamer music, you, you're like, God, I don't really want to hear taking over today. I'm going through something. <laughs> maybe screaming music wasn't your thing. Maybe it was that R and that B. I'm not beating you up if you listen. I'm not saying you're wrong if you listen to that. What I'm saying is, is that how, watch this, is Tamar talking about love and war going to help you beat your war? That's all I want to know. I personally, uh, can I just be honest, I personally like New Jack Swing music. You know, Guy and them kind of people, you know, Jam. Oh, Jam, Jam, Teddy Jam. You still ain't learned that? Receive it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, that's me personally. I noticed about me that whenever I'm in a little bit of a battle or whatever, that I need a word, I need a sword, but I'd be like, well, let's let Teddy Jam. Y'all don't leave your bishop out here like you don't know what I'm talking about. I'll come down your row and find your music. Or maybe it's country. That's not really country. That's kind of more Dixie. <laughs> okay. Got it? For some of y'all, that ain't it. For some of y'all, y'all in the hardcore thug nation rap. Hey, you looked at me... <laughs> I'll shoot you in the chest. I'll wet you. <laughs> Cruising down the street. Okay, so, so, so. Stop. <laughs> and the Bible says, <laughs> verse 18, I'm done. Verse 18. We walk in what we listen to. So you listen to all these sad songs. You should have told me. <laughs> I wasn't all this and all that. <laughs> There's all these sad songs. I can't make you love me if you don't. You can't make your heart feel something it won't. And then you'd be driving down the street. I just, I don't know. God just saved you a whole lot of money on your car insurance. Verse 18, I got to quit. I'm out of time. Praying always. Check it out. This is part of the armor. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, the shield of faith, and prayer. Always. <laughs> Look at how he says it. Praying always with all what? Prayer. 
and supplication in the spirit. Prayer, three types of prayer, generically speaking. Prayer just generically means to ask. That's what you do for you. Supplication, that's what you do for another Christian. And then you have intercession. That's when you pray for someone who can't go to God on their own behalf. Got it? So he says, praying always with what? All prayer. He says, when you're in a battle, that ain't time to intercede. That's time to pray for you and some other Christians. In the spirit. What does that mean? That's why we have the gift. And I'm not going to get into too much tonight. That's why we have the gift of the Holy Ghost. And one of those gifts is the ability to speak with unknown tongues. Because he says, pray in the spirit. I'm not getting into that tonight. I don't have time. Being watchful to this end. With all what? Perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Notice what he repeats twice. All prayer, praying always with what? All prayer and what? Supplication. Then he says it again, supplication. Prayer is in there twice, supplication is in there twice. That's called the law of witness. Whenever something appears in scripture two or more times, it means you pay attention to it. So what is he saying? When you're in a battle, you need to pray for yourself twice as much and then pray for other Christians twice as much. Guess what we're about to do? Pray for yourself twice as much. And guess what you're about to do for your neighbor? Pray for them twice as much. Everybody on your feet, let's pray. Did you learn something tonight, church? Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.